1: Wednesday, August fourth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Hoynesie, the Indians uh, had a tough one last night in Toronto, uh, losing to the Blue Jays in the second game of the series. Uh, it was a final score of seven to two, but it really was didn't feel like it was that close. Uh, Zach Plesac got, uh, like you said uh, in your story, ambushed early and, and the, uh, the the Jays just, it felt like they just kept adding on throughout the game.
0: Yeah, that's a powerful offense. You know, the Indians did a great job Monday, you know, holding them down five to two. Uh, Morgan did a nice job. The bullpen did a nice job, but you saw their what they're capable of doing uh, Tuesday night. And that was, you know, against Polisak, who's probably been, you know, their best starter, or you know, their most reliable starter gave up what uh, uh, George Springer got him with the leadoff home run in the first. Then uh, Hernandez got the two run, two out homer later in the inning. And really, that was the ball game almost.
1: Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez uh, really has, uh, you know, sort of eaten up the Indians uh, when they were here in Cleveland. And uh, again, uh, is so far in the first two games of this series, uh, got to find an answer for him as they as they look to win. Uh, and, and at least split the, the final two games of the series coming up. Uh, but you know, a, a few positives that that came out of that that game, uh, the, the relief pitching, Sam Henches in particular, but also Trevor, Trevor Stefan only gave up one run in a couple innings. Uh, Henches looked pretty good. Uh, so these are guys who, who we really haven't seen in a while actually.
0: Yeah, I, I forgot Henches was on the team. I I, really, I mean, that was his first uh, big league appearance. What since July 7th, I believe when he started against one of those uh, seven inning doubleheader games against the Rays down at the, uh, at, at Tropicana field and, uh, and, and and Stefan hadn't pitched in a a while either. I mean, it just, uh, (laughs) you know, I guess when you have like, you know, eight or nine or 10 guys in the bullpen, you kind of, and you're, you're, you know, you're playing close games like the Indians have, you're, you're going to go with your best guys. And uh, some guys get kind of left behind.
1: Yeah. Acting manager, DeMarlo Hale was asked actually before the game uh, about specifically about Henches and Stefan and, you know, they hadn't pitched in, in a while. And he said that uh, bullpen coach, Brian Sweeney had been putting those guys through sort of more intense and game-like bullpen sessions and sort of ramping them up that way and, and keeping them sharp that way. Again, nothing simulates the, 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 the feel and in getting into a major league game like that. But for those, uh, for those young pitchers uh, you know, they've, they've really just, that that's their only option is, is to go out there and throw hard bullpens on days when there's a, a long stretch in between their, their appearances.
0: Yeah. And Henkes, you know, was, um, uh... You know, he, he's been up. He's kind of bounced between the different roles, you know, the starting role, the uh, relief role. And when they sent him down the last time to Columbus, you know, they wanted him to uh, pitch in shorter, you know, shorter outings. So he could uh, use his fastball more, trust his fastball, use his velocity and not always, uh, you know, go back to the breaking ball. And I think we saw that last night. He had he showed some good below. Uh
1: Not a lot to speak of offensively for the Indians, but Bobby Bradley did uh, come up with two hits, including an RBI double Uh, Bobby Bradley uh, had really uh, for as much as Eli Morgan has seemed to over the last two months, sort of, you know, build himself up and and really sort of settle in, in a major league role as a starting pitcher. Uh, Bobby Bradley was, was real hot, real early. And that first month that he was up of, uh, of June, but then July really sort of tapered off.
0: Yeah, July was, you know, he kind of, you know, was striking out. There was a lot of swing and miss, you know. And I think, you know, I think the Indians, you know, when they made the commitment to go with Bradley, they knew, you know, what they were getting. They knew that, you know, there would be some, you know, stretches where he wasn't as productive as they wanted him to be. But, you know, he's, you know, he swung the bat well last night. First b- time back in the uh, lineup since uh, coming off the bereavement list, so you know uh, I I'm I'm sh- I'm, sh- I'm I'm I would hope he's uh, he would finish strong, and he's you know what he's gonna they're facing lefties again, right? I mean I think uh, uh, they're, they're another faced- lefty
1: another lefty and Stephen Matz today, and then uh, I, I believe they finish up with a righty on on Thursday. So yeah, and he
0: swung the bat pretty well against left-handers.
1: Right, yeah, his his splits are 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 decent against lefties, not great. Uh, right now the Indians find themselves about nine and a half games out of first place. They have been flirting with that five hundred record for about two weeks now. Actually, you know they'll they'll win a game or two and go up, and then they'll they'll come back down, but never really dropping. uh, You know below that five hundred number, which it's it's got to be maddening, frustrating for, for Chris Antonetti. You've you've gone, you've made these moves you've committed to uh, to having a younger roster in this team for the rest of the year. Uh, and, and they're, they're sort of still hanging around in, in, in competitive, you know, competitive wise, there's six games out for the second wild card, uh, but the teams that are in front of them haven't really put them away.
0: Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Boston and, um, and the A's are in the first, the first, on the first two wild card spots, uh, you know, uh, so it's the Yankees, Seattle, and Toronto are, you know, are in front of the tribe in, in the wild, for, the, for the race for the wild card. But they're like, you know, they're all like two two and three games back. The Indians are six games back. So it would be, uh, you know, they've got – they, <laughs> they need to make some ground up. Uh, and uh, they're playing the teams in front of them right now. Uh, you know, they've got two more left against Toronto. And then uh, after Detroit comes in this weekend, Oakland comes in. So those, it would be uh, if if they can get going. This was a time to. This would be the time to get going. But Joe, it just looks to me like uh, they're seven and ten since the All Star break. We haven't seen them put together a consistent winning streak or a, just a consistent stretch of good baseball. You know, and uh, they've been playing a lot of close games, but you know, they they just you know defensively they they seem to make the the. Uh, uh, the, the 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 mistakes they make have really hurt them.
1: Right. If you're looking at this team on its face right now, it's it's not a playoff team. And I, I don't think they would, you know, even sit there and say that they think they're, you know, a, a playoff team. They they got a lot of fight in them. They certainly, uh, you know, play hard and, and play the right way uh, when they're not kicking the ball all over the field. But I, I can't look at this team and say, yeah, they're a playoff team right now unless something drastically changes. That said, you know, we're, we're talking about looking for progress uh, among this group of, you know, you've got four starters in this, in this rotation right now who are young guys who are just sort of getting their feet wet in, in the big leagues, uh, if you don't count Zach, Plesac And as far as hitters go, you've got guys like Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, Oscar Mercado, you know, Bobby Bradley in there on a regular basis trying to contribute as well. We we've seen a little bit of progress both ways for uh, for the pitchers and uh, the younger guys in the lineup.
0: Yeah, you know I think the uh, you know you've got to like what uh, you know Cal Quantrill and uh, and Eli Morgan have done uh, in in the rotation. Uh, Quantrill's last three starts have gone six innings. He's allowed you know two run, two earned runs in in that stretch. Uh, Morgan, uh, you know, had a great start Monday. You know, of what he's had, I think in every, every start but one, he's gone at least five innings. Mm-hmm. He, maybe he gets over that, you know, gets in and he broke through with six innings Monday. Uh, J.C. Mejia, who's going tonight, you know, has been a little little more erratic to me. I I, I don't know what you think, Joe, but uh, I think he's been a little more up and down. Um, but, you know, that and then, you know, with act coming back, uh, you know, that the rotation you know is is giving them a fighting chance at least right now they're not getting blown out in the t- in two or three or innings like earlier when you know when they really had to kind of put that rotation together on the fly
1: there's never been a better time to register for indian subtext Get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtextcom slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions. Questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers.
0: I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and. Uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again.
1: Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com Cleveland Indians, Or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. Yeah, and I don't want to give anybody a, a false sense of hope or anything like that, but in speaking to DeMarlo Haley yesterday, we learned that uh, Aaron Savali, uh, through another more intense bullpen session, uh, just fastball changeup, Uh right now, but uh (laughs) thinks that the next bullpen session is going to include uh possibly some breaking uh pitches. Uh he's got to be able to throw his curveball and a slider and all the other pitches that he has. Uh and and really those are the pitches that should be coming last because that's what what he injured himself on, and and this type of injury is is what can be you know sort of inflamed or exacerbated if he. You know, is throwing a lot of curveballs and, and and sliders with it. So uh, that's the next step in the progress. Where you know we we might see Aaron Savali get ready to go out on a rehab assignment sometime soon.
0: Yeah, I, I would think. You know, he's got probably maybe one more uh, one more bullpen session. Maybe he throws a simulated game, um, and like you said, Joe, works in his breaking pitches, and then uh, goes to Columbus or wherever, Akron or Columbus. And for a couple rehab, uh, rehab, assignment rehab starts and we'll see where he is, uh, you know, at, at the, you know, as August progresses, as we get deeper into August here and, and uh, well, we're all already pretty deep into August. But yeah, I was gonna we'll say,
1: see. we're, 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 we're into August. Uh, I don't know. I think Savali might be a guy that we can, we can expect to see back at some point between now and the end of September. I'm still not holding out any any real hope of uh, significant number of starts remaining for uh, Shane Bieber. I think this might just be something where they're getting close to to saying, "Hey, if he's not responding the way that we had hoped he'd respond, then uh, physically, then you know maybe we just shut him down for the year."
0: Yeah, I, I would think that's that's the case with Bieber. I mean, he, he's just got back to playing catch again. Uh, you know, he's, he has him thrown off the mound. Uh, You know, his last start uh, was ju- June 13th. Uh And, uh, you know, right now, Joe, if, if he doesn't, you know, if they just shut him down, you, you would have to think, you know, what, what are the prospects Are, are is surgery in his future? You know, I, I, you know, that, that that's something, that, or, or do you, do you try to build him up and maybe have him, make one or two starts at the end of September just so he goes into the offseason feeling good about himself. I, I don't know.
1: I, I got to imagine the value of, you know, a start or two at the end of September is, is probably not very high in terms of what you would risk with that. So uh, I've, I, you know, just mentally for myself, I've pretty much written Bieber off for the rest of this year and and I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't result in, in surgery just because, you know, you could have had that surgery back in early July if that were yeah. the case. and, yeah. you know, maybe gotten a, ahead of it and, and, and been closer to rehabbing and, and be ready maybe for the start of spring training uh, again, back in spring training, the last two years, it, it's just been, you know, how much has this kid been able to handle and, and the workload that he's handled, he's thrown a lot of innings, uh, a lot of pitches. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's sort of like what they did to Corey Kluber, but it's sort of like what they did to Corey Kluber.
0: Yeah, but, you know, Kluber had a little longer run, though. You right, know, he yeah. had, yeah, he had, he had a you know a longer run, and uh, we just don't know, him and we just don't know about Beaver yet. And I guess it's 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 hard. You, know, you shouldn't jump to conclusions, but you know, it's, oh, it's obvious. That's what
1: we do here. We jump to conclusions. Yeah. That's what we're it's best obvious. At. Something.
0: Something is going on. He, he has not progressed like they thought he would. And then, you know, and you can see what, you know, you can, you understand why they're, they're being very cautious with this guy. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they know a lot more of what's going on in, in his shoulder than we do.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to, to find out how they approach him. All right. Last night, Poinsy, the, the Astros returned to Dodger stadium. I don't know if it was, was it the first time? It might have been the first time. Uh, since yeah, with the, fans, I think it was with, the first time first time with fans. fans that the Dodgers and Astros played at Dodger Stadium, and it was not pretty. As you as you could imagine, uh, there were chants, there were boos, there were giant inflatable garbage cans thrown on the field. Uh, there were baseballs thrown on the field every time an Astros player uh, hit a foul ball or hit a ball into the stands. The, the fans didn't hesitate they threw it right back uh Dodger <laughs> fans were not having any of it and you know they were they were rightfully upset
0: yeah joe i think there was over 50,000 there was over a crowd of over 50,000 and uh, i guess eh, you know it, it's weird you know i when when the when the astros were here here in Cleveland, they they were all over the, you know, fans were all over the Astros and, you know, the Astros retaliated by sweeping the Indians. They won last night too. So that might just, you know, maybe that just eggs those guys on and makes them play harder.
1: Yeah. But I mean, the thing is that that's fine. And if, if the accusations were false or anything like that, I could see, but these guys are all smug and they know that they cheated. That's the thing getting away with it and then sweeping and and saying, well, you know, come on, they still cheat. Here's the thing. Anybody who threw a ball onto the field last night, anybody who threw an inflatable garbage can onto the field last night, any unruly or rowdy fan in the stands for the Dodgers, these Dodger fans were ejected from the park. They were kicked out of the ballpark. Guess what? That represents more punishment than any one of those Astros (laughs) players received. For what they did, what they admitted to doing during that investigation.
0: You're right. Hey, you're right. It was, uh, it just, uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, that's it's crazy. That, that drives me nuts. And that just, that just proves, uh, you know, how, how, how Rob Manford mishandled that investigation from the start. And to, you have to show some sort of accountability for these players and how, how afraid of the players' union are you that you you couldn't even get that that you couldn't even get moderate suspensions for any of these guys who admitted to their part in this? Uh, yeah,
0: I mean it. I mean it. Yeah, it, I, I mean it's it's something. And, and baseball fans don't forget, man. They just no. they got long memories, and uh, this will you know this will haunt those guys for, for a long time. But hey, what, like I told you. When James Hoyt was a member of the Astros, and when he was two springs ago, uh, he, he, you know, he was with the Indians and he was in camp with the Indians. He said he knew what was going on. He was a pitcher, though he didn't have anything to do with what the hitters were doing. Right. And we asked him, "What, what are you going to give your ring back?" And he said, "No way." And that's the way those guys feel. <laughs> I,
1: I, I just, I would love to get inside their minds, just, just the ego that's involved with it right now uh, is it's beyond me. I I can't, can't even comprehend. All right, Uh, like you said, JC Mejia on the mound tonight in Toronto, uh, looking to, uh, sort of get back on track, uh, stay above 500. Uh, the Indians, uh, have two more before they come home, uh, from this uh, seven game road trip. And we finally get to see them uh, again, after not being able to be out there in Toronto. Uh, what are we expecting tonight out of the Indians and, and JC Mejia?
0: You know, I, I would think uh, you know a little more. Hopefully, a little more offense than they showed last night. Uh, you know, uh, they just, uh, just you know, they just really, you know, they they really never got their offense going. And um, and uh, you know, let's hope there's some Harold Ramirez is stays in if he's in left field, he stays in left field and and leaves uh, Miles Straw alone.
1: Well, uh, out of the Indians who are, or potentially could be in the, 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 lineup tonight. Harold Ramirez does have eight at bats against Steven Matz, the starter, uh, for the Jays, uh, not a very good average, uh, batting 125 in, in eight at bats, uh, with no home runs and Ahmed Rosario, the only player on the Indians, uh, you know, regular lineup who, who has an RBI even against, uh, mats. So, uh, it doesn't look good, uh, from on paper. But uh, we'll, we'll tune in and we'll watch and we'll uh, report back here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Coinsley, we'll talk to you again, uh, if not tomorrow, then on Friday.
0: All right, Joe.